great ride. It was a, it was a, it was a fun season because you know we faced through, went through a lot, but we also, what do you call it, you know, succeeded a lot. And you know, it's too bad we couldn't finish it off the way we wanted to. I think that would have been uh, unbelievable for everyone in, in the city. But you know, that's one of my regrets. You know, playing is that we just didn't get that that championship. You know, it's not easy to. Uh, go that far and not win, you know, because you only get there so many times and, uh, you know, winning special and it's really hard to get there. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli. This is Crunch Chronicles, episode 22 of the show here this week. And my goodness, I think everyone will enjoy this conversation we have with our guest today, the captain of the Crunch. Well, at least one of the many captains the Crunch have had over the years, but maybe the most iconic one, especially in the last decade. Mike Angelides, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, episode 22. Mike Angelides, a player who was uh, at the very forefront of the affiliation change for the Crunch back in the early 2010s when the Crunch became the AHL affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning ahead of the 2012-2013 season. Mike Angelidis was the first captain of the affiliation for the Crunch and he spent four seasons as the Crunch's captain and with the Crunch from 2012 through 2016. He was such an integral part of that affiliation change and bringing in the new era for the crunch such a crucial part of just the formation of of the organization on and off the ice for the crunch with the lightning bridging that gap with the new affiliation and and really establishing what the crunch were going to become under the lightning's uh, watchful eye over the last decade it's the 10th year of the affiliation now and mike angelitas was a key part of laying the groundwork laying the foundation for what has become the most successful run in franchise history. Angelitas, the captain for four years, played 263 games for the Crunch in that span. It was the most by any player during the Lightning affiliation until just the last couple of years. Ben Thomas, Dominic Machine, and Daniel Walcott all now passing him in recent seasons for the Crunch. But Mike Angelitas with 263 games of the Crunch, 110 points, 50 goals, 60 assists. But he wasn't just the point guy. He was doing everything on and off the ice. He created change for change. That was one of the great initiatives that he took over for the Crunch and began when he started with the Crunch. He helped lead the team to the Calder Cup final in 2013. And again, as we said, just such a huge piece, not only on the ice for the Crunch, but everything the team did off the ice. He had a big say in things. He was really the culture shift the Crunch needed, and he spearheaded that campaign for four years here in Syracuse. He came back with the Lightning organization as a scout for a season, so we got to see him a bit a few years ago. Now he has stepped away from hockey, but a wonderful person, a wonderful player for the Crunch, and he is our guest on episode 22 of Crunch Chronicles, the captain, Mike Angelitas. Oh, I'm doing good. Nice. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it'd be nice to get down to Syracuse. Once all these COVID restrictions end here in Canada, but uh, things are going well. I'm uh, staying busy with my family. I got three kids and uh, I own an ice company and I'm a firefighter. Yeah, nice and busy. In Canada. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, how's the family doing? How's, uh, how's everyone uh, doing and staying healthy and, and through all of the, uh, the challenges these days? Oh, it's been a challenge to go online schooling and, uh, you know, trying to keep my kids entertained uh, with all the shutdowns here in Canada. Um, 
it's been tough at times, but you know what? Uh, we're together and everyone's healthy and that's all that matters. And, uh, you know, my little guys are starting to play hockey, so that's keeping me busy. I'm coaching them and that's been uh, a lot of fun uh, coaching my little guy here and, and uh, getting on the ice, teaching some kids some hockey. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, how, how's it going? I'm sure for you now, having gone through it as a player all those years to now be on the flip side and kind of being a coach a little bit, seeing uh, your your guys out there, it's got to be uh, pre- pretty neat. Yeah, it's pretty fun, uh, you know, to be out there and uh, to teach the little ones and, and to see them have the love for the game, just to have fun and play. Um, you know, that's where you have, uh, where you develop that love for hockey and uh you know, just getting them out there having fun and, and, and making friendships that, you know, hopefully will last a lifetime and, uh, you know, good experiences for them as kids. And uh, so it's exciting. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky to be in a good community where, you know, a lot of the dads are willing to help out. So, you know, it's been a lot of fun for everybody. Oh, that's excellent to hear. And, and uh, not many guys better than you to, to learn from a bit uh, on the ice as well. Uh, it's It's been a few years since you, you've played, uh, you know, on the ice at the pro level. You finished up your career over there uh, in Italy a few years ago. Or, and uh, it's it's been post-life hockey, I guess, for a couple of years now. You were a scout with the Lightning for, what was it, a year or so, and then uh, transitioned away from that. How's, uh, how's the post-hockey life been for you? Uh, it's been good. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I was lucky to join, uh, management with Tampa there and, uh, get to experience that. I thought that was, uh, it was a really great experience. You know, if, uh, if it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't so hard on me being away from the kids, I would have stayed in it. Such a good organization and a uh, really good group of guys. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm allowed to be at home more with what I'm doing. So I'm around my kids a lot, which has been, uh, unreal for me. Um, you know, at the beginning, it's always tough on guys when they retire from hockey and not sure what to do. And, uh, you know, for me, my transition was went pretty good, uh, you know, right into scouting and still in the game. And then when I got out, I got into firefighting, which uh, was basically like being in a hockey team, you know, with a, a group of people, a group of uh, firefighters together at the hall or kind of like being on a team again. And, uh I took over my family ice company, which has been uh, a blessing. And, you know, get to be around my family a lot. So my transition was pretty good and uh, I'm just enjoying it. You know, trying to spend as much time as I can with the kids and and uh, enjoy them before they get older and don't want to be around me anymore, you know? <laughs> It'll happen at some point, as we all know. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, they're going to take off one day and want to do their own thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, family, clearly a big thing for you, and it was a big thing for uh, for you with the crunch here, which we'll get to a little later on. But uh, I want to talk about firefighting quick. I, I, I think that was something you were always interested in doing, right? Uh, what led you down that path uh, when you, you decided that you got to step away, maybe get closer to family? What led you down the firefighter route? Uh, you know, helping out people. Um, you know, you're in the community, you're doing a little bit more, you know, and when hockey, you know, you're out in the community and stuff and, uh, you know, you try to help out as much as you can, but, you know, in firefighting, you know, I'm really out there trying to help people out and, uh, you know, I, it's, uh, a rewarding job uh, in Canada. It, uh, the shift work is uh, great for family life too. Um, uh, you work seven days a month, so you have a lot of off time. So you get to spend as much time as you want with your family, which has been, unreal for me um and you know just i love being part of a team and uh you know when you go to the fire hall it's like being in the dressing room with uh the players and uh same kind of camaraderie and 
and everyone being together and uh, pushing and pulling for each other. And it's the same as hockey, and I love that being in that kind of environment. And uh, firefighter always kind of had that interest in I always had that interest in it and that's what got me towards it oh it's awesome it's uh you know again clearly you, you have that uh, that attraction with being on a team which is uh, a big part of what you you brought here to Syracuse when you you joined this uh, the crunch organization staying with the lighting organization when the team uh you know the, the affiliation began back in 2012 so we'll, we'll transition to that now uh your time with the crunch it was four seasons as the captain here in Syracuse before we dive into some of the uh, the more specifics just you know w- what were your thoughts on on your time here your four seasons spent with the crunch oh it was a blast uh i definitely hated playing the crunch when i was against them when i was with albany and norfolk uh you know the fans there are unbelievable um they're, they're great to, when they're on your side and uh i loved always you know coming into the war memorial to play against them but you know when you're on that, their side and they're cheering for you it's it's a great place to play um the city itself is amazing you know seeing the transformation of the city in the last four those four years was crazy uh, you know my son was born there and uh the amount of people that were willing to help out when my son was born and just a great great community i've made a lot of good friends i'm still keeping touch with from there and uh you know, one thing about Syracuse was, uh, you know, Jim and, and the ownership and how much they all cared about the community and uh, and cared about the organization. And I think that's why it's been always been a successful organization. Um, you know, when I wanted to do change for change, you know, everybody in, man- in uh, the organization was on board and, and we're a big time part of it and uh, shows how much they actually care about the community. And, uh, and to carry it on after I had left shows that they actually care, you know, to give back. And uh, that's what my one thing about Syracuse that I, I remember most is how much the organization does for the players and uh, the community. Yeah, uh, there is uh, there is definitely a reason, and that is right at the top of the list of why this organization has now thrived for up to 28 years, 28th season this year for the Crunch, and and uh, that is a big part of it, to, to have that connection in the community for sure. And, and uh, you know, like, like we said, you, you were a part of it at the, the very start of a new affiliation for the Crunch uh, back in 2012 with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You came in uh, from Norfolk the, the previous year. Uh, it, it was a, a special group, obviously, the previous year, and you come in and become the captain of the team and and really change the 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 whole approach of the the organization in one sense with how the crunch went what was what was the approach for you and for the team coming into a new city that year and uh you know it, it's it was a city that was well established in the league but to to put a new spin on things for the crunch i think when we came in there you know when it was different than norfolk norfolk you know was a hockey town but not quite like syracuse you know uh we really were out in the community in Norfolk to get, you know, to build it up. And, you know, we, we all lived right downtown. And uh, when we came to Syracuse, we kind of wanted to bring that same uh, atmosphere, being out and being involved in the community, being, uh, you know, with the fans. You know, we used to come up after every game, go out and sign autographs outside the dressing room. Remember the fans lining up and everybody, you know, coming out and, and getting to meet them and, and letting them know who we are, right? And, uh makes it more personal like they know us and we know them and you know and their bonds and their friendships and uh we wanted to make a family environment uh within our team and hopefully that would radiate you know outside and uh 
we tried doing that and you know we were successful we had good teams you know it's too bad we couldn't win I think that's one of my regrets in hockey not winning that championship for Syracuse you know I wish we were able to pull off the back-to-back and you know bring a championship to Syracuse because they deserve one and um, you know just coming in with uh, a lot of life a lot of energy and playing that that style of hockey and you know we played tough we played mean but we stuck together that's sort of you know we geared that towards a family atmosphere yeah the the family atmosphere I was you know I was only an intern back then but I remember hearing that all the time how how tight the team was the family environment the family atmosphere everyone everyone who stepped in that dressing room was immediately brought in and, and part of the family whether it was a, a mid-season trade we had Cedric Desjardins on uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about that or, or whoever stepped into the dressing room at any point quickly became a part of the family it was uh, I think mainly because of your leadership and the rest of that leadership group which was so strong that year why was you know how ha- how do you approach or how do you go about trying to create that family environment within a team, within a dressing room to, to make you guys successful on the ice? Well, we right away, you know, uh, I think the management did a good job of, you know, guys there didn't want to buy in, you know, they were, you know, given a chance and if you didn't buy into how things were done, you know, we would bring in people that wanted to be finding good people that wanted to be part of it. And, uh, you know, we, we did a lot of things together. We did everything together. We had Christmas parties, you know, where all the guys would have their wives, their kids. We'd give Christmas gifts to all the kids. Um, you know, Halloween, we'd do a Halloween party. We did all these things that would kind of bring everyone together. Um, you know, guys would have kids or we would, uh, the team would all pitch in and buy them, uh, you know, something for them. Uh, you know, we try to do everything together. We never... Uh, let anyone be alone. We go for dinners. We invite everyone to go to dinner. This is the time we're leaving, and we'd all go eat dinner together. It wasn't like little groups here and groups there. Uh, you know, try to get rid of like clicks and try and be all together. And I think that's what creates a good bonding team. You know, when you don't let somebody uh, feel like they're not part of it, you know, including everyone and being inclusive, it makes people feel like they're part of it, and they all are. And you know, I remember in the playoffs when guys were healthy, scratched, still, you know, obviously they're upset they're not playing, but they were still pushing for us to win and, you know, doing everything they could to, you know, make guys around them better and accustomed to, like, the leadership that the guys we had there, you know, Kote, Labrie, Nielsen, you know, Blendon we had, you know, there's a lot of good leaders. I'm probably forgetting a few of them, but we've had a lot of good leaders over the time there and uh, it on how close our teams were. Uh, we'll circle back on the 2012-2013 season in a moment, the first year of the affiliation and your first year in Syracuse. But you mentioned Labrie, PC Labrie, who <laughs> amazingly is now back in the organization again. He uh, signed a, a two-year AHL contract so for the rest of this year and then for next year as well for the Crunch. And my goodness, what a what a great boost it's been for the Crunch in just the couple weeks he's been here. What do you remember from PC Labrie? You were obviously with him before uh, coming to Syracuse. A couple of years you spent together here. Uh, just... You know, how would you describe him as a person, as a player, and, and whatever else you want to say about PC Labrie? Oh, he's 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 one of a kind human beings. I can tell you that. And if he's your brother, that guy would go to war for you any day. Uh, he's he's one of the best guys I've ever played with. Uh, you know, he he cares about the team. He works harder than anyone else. And I think you know, I totally understand why they would bring him back. He's you know, he brings nothing but good energy, good vibes. He's positive. He'll do anything for the team. 
he sacrifices his body for the team. You know, he's a he's what you want on your team. He's I can no doubt I was watching when they signed him, and I watched how you guys have been winning games, and you know I saw you guys win the other night, and you know he's bringing that positive energy into the dressing room, and that goes a long way because it's contagious, and he brings that you know that fun, that laughter, you know, especially when things aren't going well, and you have a guy like that in the dressing room that can turn a negative into a positive, changes everything, and he's that guy, he's a glue guy, and you know. Tampa is, does a good job. That's why they've got two cops. They find people that are glue people, and uh, PC Libri is one of them. Yeah, we're very uh, very excited to have him back, of course, here with the Crunch, and uh, can't wait to see him the rest I'm of this sure year. I'm sure the fans are, too. Oh, I'm my sure goodness. sure the fans are, too. You bet they are. He's bringing he, energy. He's rocking the War Memorial, for sure. He, first two games, he had two fights, so uh, he was ready to go get the crowd energized here in Syracuse. And, uh, you know, obviously he's not here just for that, but it was a great uh, reintroduction to the, uh, the the Crunch faithful here for those two games. And uh, obviously a big part of those uh, those teams early on in the affiliation as well. He spent two years uh, at the start of this affiliation. You spent four. You were the captain here. That first season, though, was really something special. It was the, the best season for the crunch in terms of their you know the regular season and into the playoffs uh, you touched on the the playoff run that year in 2013 already a little bit but you know just thinking back to that year you know what do you remember it was it was obviously a lockout year in the NHL there was a lot of moving parts once the NHL season started uh, you have a coaching change midseason when John Cooper gets uh, promoted to Tampa Bay what sticks out to you throughout the course of that entire season uh, you know what it was a challenging year like we just left Norfolk after we had won uh, we came into a new new city new environment trying to find our roots and where we where we go are in the city and, and you know we're in, you know just trying to find ourselves you know a lot of the same similar phases but obviously we lost a few veteran players that were part of the team the year before uh, you know and bringing in new guys and then you know the lockout and you know we lose Coop and you know Zets did a good job of taking over and uh you know, in that situation is not easy. And, uh, you know, in the playoffs, we had a lot of injuries and uh, we had a goalie change. Um, I just remember there was a lot of change and, you know, we, we faced a lot of adversity. And You know, we went in there in the finals and, you know, when you're in the finals, anything can happen. And, you know, we competed. We lost a lot of, lost a lot of guys to injuries, but, you know, so did they. And, you know, we just, we struggled to find a way to, to score and win. And, uh you know, but it was a great ride. It was a, it was a, it was a fun, you know, season because you know we faced through, went through a lot, but we also, what do you call, it, you know, succeeded a lot. And you know, it's too bad we couldn't finish it off the way we wanted to. I think that would have been uh, unbelievable for everyone in, in the city. But you know, that's one of my regrets. You know, playing is that we just didn't get that that championship. You know, it's not easy to. Uh, go that far and not win, you know, because you only get there so many times and, uh, you know, winning special and it's really hard to get there. And, you know, I think that was a tough season for us to get there and uh, not to get it was tough on everybody. But, you know, hopefully Syracuse has a chance to get there again and uh, win it and uh, bring home the Calder. Yeah, that was, uh, it really was a special team though, for sure. And it was the first time the Crunch had gone to the Calder Cup Finals. They've gone back one since. 
uh, both against yeah. the Grand Rapids Griffins, of course, um, but just a really special group that year. You were, as we said, the captain of that team that season. You were the captain all four years with the Crunch. Uh, before we dive into some of the other years, I'm just curious what, you know, I, you've alluded to it a little bit, obviously, already with your approach as a leader, but, you know, how, how, how do you approach being a captain? How do you approach being a leader, whether it's, you know, in hockey or, or you know, in terms of your firefighting, whatever it might be, what's, what's your approach to being a leader? Uh, you know, you got to be who you are. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you have to earn respect. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that, you know, you can't ask guys to do what uh, you're asking them to do if you're not willing to do it. Um, so you got to lead by example uh, and show it. And, you know, you you got to make that atmosphere that you want. Everyone wants to be there and be together. You know, if you have that atmosphere, you know, you'll go to lengths for each other, you know, just like a family. And, uh, you know, the most important thing is surrounding yourself around good people and uh, especially good leaders. You know, I was fortunate enough to be a captain where, you know, I had a guy like J.P. Cote, Joey Mormina, uh, Mike Blunden, um, you know, P.C. Labrie, Eric Nielsen. Like Eric Nielsen is a gem of a human being. Joey Mormina, like I was surrounded by guys that had been leaders themselves. You know, I had Joey Mormina who was a captain before. And, you know, you as a captain, you could take a bit from all these guys that you've played with that got great leadership qualities and take a bit from everybody and put it all together. And I think that's what the key was for us was we were surrounded by so many good leaders and veteran guys that our, our leadership crew was, uh, you know, solid. So yeah, I was the captain, but you know, I was surrounded by a lot of good leaders and you know, those guys deserve a lot of credit. Definitely makes a, a big impact. And it's, you mentioned JP Cote. It's great to have him still in the organization. Of course, he's here. I mean, I think he's here right now as we're recording this uh, today. He's back in town. Uh, we had talked with Joey Mormina already on, on Crunch Chronicles. So a couple of uh, great guys to have, have had in the organization over the years. And, and like we said, for JP to still be here. Uh, is there someone in particular, you know, whether it's one of those guys at that point or earlier in your career that, that made an impact on you, on, on your approach to being a leader? Or, or maybe it was away from the rink, uh, someone from your, you know, your personal life that, that kind of taught you those lessons to to be a good leader, be a good captain at one point. Uh, I would say I took a bit from every all those guys. I think uh, one thing I noticed was, uh, you know, seeing captains that I had in the past that the way they treated guys, I used some of those uh, techniques. Some good, some bad. You know, I've had some guys that you know, weren't the greatest captains and greatest leaders. And, you know, I took things and, you know, said to myself, I wouldn't do that. And um, definitely uh, just trying to be me. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from my family, especially my dad and, and uh, you know, how he is with uh, and how close he is to everybody around him. You know, I come from a big family uh, and we're very close. And, you know, when you're dealing with a lot of people like that, personalities, you got to be good at, uh, dealing with people and uh you know that had an impact on me uh you know i'd say a lot from you know i'd been with joey mormina from the beginning and uh my first year in albany we played together and uh so our second year we were together and uh you know guys like that and cote and you know Dirtle was in norfolk with me he was a good leader and uh so I just took a bit from all these guys and uh, they all had an impact. You know, Eric Nielsen, you know, if you look at that leadership group, they all brought something different to the table. 
you know, and, uh, you know, there was the guys that were, you know, kind of bring the mood down when it had to be down and guys that could jack it up and get guys going and, you know, finding how we could, we work together. And I think we we're just, all those pieces came together at the right time to help shape us. And, uh, I think we all grew together. Uh, you know, PC, Nielsen, myself, Cote, Bormina, London, huge part. And, uh, I think all these guys, we all kind of learned from each other and, and, uh, that's where we, our leadership kind of developed. Mike Angelitis, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, a captain for the Crunch for four seasons. Talked about the 2012-2013 season. Obviously a great year for the team, uh, just coming up a bit short in the playoffs. And following year, a uh, team got off to a good start, and the injury bug really hit the team for an extended stretch. Uh, as you look at your second year in Syracuse, what do you remember from, from that year? I'm trying to remember, is that the year where we were struggling? We didn't make the playoffs that year, right? Yeah, correct. It was a, a quick start. Uh, Nikita Kucherov was here at the start of the year, and then, uh, yeah, like I said, there was a bunch yeah, of injuries early. Yeah, we lost Bazzi and Kucherov. Yeah, we lost a lot of guys going up to Tampa, and Vasilevsky went up, Kucherov went up. Yeah, that was a tough year. Um, that was definitely a tough year to be a, a captain and a leader, and, uh, you know, we did make the playoffs, and I think that, Done. That was the first time I didn't make the playoffs. I think in my pro career, um, that was definitely not fun for us, and it was a challenge. I think it was a challenge in everyone involved. I think we learned a lot from that year. Um, you know, we had we had some issues, you know, along the way, and I think we, you know, we were able to deal with them and, and figure them out. And I think, uh, you know, we we tried to we tried at the end. We pushed a little late, but we were weren't successful making the playoffs. Um, you know, it's one of those years that, you know, sometimes you, things just don't go your way and you just got to accept them and, and find a way to figure out what went wrong and, and try and correct them and, and, and change things. And I think we did that in the following year we came back. Yeah, for sure. It was a pretty successful year the following year. And, and part of that uh, that following year was a uh, it was one of the more iconic moments uh, in AHL history was the Toyota Frozen Dome Classic for the Crunch. Uh, what, what do you remember from that uh, playing up in the Carrier Dome here in Syracuse? And obviously an iconic venue here in the area and across the country. Uh, what, what's stands out to you from that game uh, up at the Carrier Dome? Oh, it was an amazing game, but what stands out to me was Eric Nielsen sitting on top of a hockey net with the phone in his ear. But, <laughs> uh, besides the, the billboard with Eric Nielsen, that stood out to me the most. Um, but it was a great event. Um, you know, it was uh, one of the highlights of my career, for sure. It was a great event. It was so cool to be playing inside like that and with so many fans. and uh, It was special, and uh, I was pumped to be a part of it and you know that goes back to the ownership you know trying to be and get involved in the community and do something special you know i know you guys have done the winter classic before and you know those things go a long way and uh that was it was awesome i had my whole family came down uh it was a great event i remember you know jw we got uh, name tags for all the kids and we had our kids in the dressing room with their name tags on there like the whole organization did a great job of making it really special and uh, you know it, it felt that way in the game it was uh it was something cool to see hopefully they do it again one time in the near future and uh 
I'd love to come down to see that. I agree. It's one thing I really regret not being here for. Uh, it was one of my years not uh, not back in Syracuse. I wish I was here for that uh, that fun game uh, back in 2014. Uh, your, uh, your your final year with the Crunch, 2015-2016, uh, you represented the team at the uh, the All Star game, which was hosted here in Syracuse. What uh, you know? What did it mean to be an All Star and represent the Crunch in in the home All Star game and and that year for you? Oh, I was exciting. I was pumped. Uh, you know, especially having my family there. I was just a little nervous that they're going to make me do like a speed skating drill or something like that. <laughs> I was like, hey, guys, you got to put something in my uh, wheelhouse that I can uh, perform. Uh, but uh, it was awesome, you know, with the glass out and the fans there for the skills competition. I was, uh, it was a great, it was awesome. Uh, you know, especially like Mike Costco was a good friend of mine and, you know, being in our dressing room and, uh, it was just really special and being a, being part of so many good hockey players that have gone on now there in the NHL doing having successful careers and you know it was special and especially to be uh, honored that way to be an honorary captain meant a lot. Uh, you know you you don't think of those things when you're a captain. You're just trying to you know win games and be a good hockey team and uh, you know that meant a lot and uh, you know especially having your fans there. You know, cheering you on when you were out there uh, meant a lot, um, and it was a great experience. Um, it was my first All Star game, probably since I was a little kid. So, you know, I've definitely made it for honorary reasons, definitely not for my skill set. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was uh, it was a cool experience, and uh, I was I was uh, pumped to be part of it. And uh, you know, I'm just trying not to embarrass myself out there. Uh, always represented the crunch well in the community, uh, on the ice, or wherever it might have been. Mike Angelides, our guest here on uh, Crunch Chronicles. We'll circle back to uh, Syracuse here in a moment. But uh, after your time with the organization, you ended up with Stockton for a year. Then you go over to uh, Italy, play with Balzano there in the uh, Austrian League. You win another championship. What was the one year like for you playing over in Europe? You know what? I wouldn't. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I wanted to go over and have one last year in just enjoy myself and play hockey with a little bit less uh, stress of, you know, producing and succeeding, and, you know, just kind of going in there with an open mind and just play the game that I love playing. And I went over there it's a beautiful country and uh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, Bolzano was, uh, you know, if you ever get a chance to go visit Italy, I'd recommend you go up to Bolzano and Morano in that area. It's absolutely stunning. You know, I brought my wife and two kids there and, um, you know, we lived in the mountains, um, and you got to see what fans and hockey was like in, in that region. And it was, it was a great experience to see like the fans, how they, they chant songs after wins and you bring your kids on the ice and, you know, they kind of do the Carolina hurricanes thing, but like, like 10 times that. And, uh, you know, to, to be able to win there and, you know, uh, videos I have of it are just it's unbelievable. Um, the, the celebration in the square, you know, being able to win my last year, another championship and uh, retire on that note was something special too. You know, it's like kind of like the icing on the cake and, uh, you know, I was able to finish on a good note and, uh, you know, it was, it was special. And, uh, you know, we got to travel at the end of the year and see a bunch of Europe and, and, you know, you only play two games a week there. So it's a little bit different, easier on the body, especially when you're getting older. Um, but it was, uh, so much fun. Uh, you know, found, uh, eight well, that's for sure. And, uh, a lot of, 
a lot of good wines over there to drink, and uh, it was a great, great experience. Yeah, you can't get any better than that, then. Uh, you get the good food, good drink, and you win a championship to uh, to close out the career, which is uh, just tremendous. Mike Angelides, our guest here on, on Crunch Chronicles. Uh, Mike, we appreciate the time here today. Before we let you want, run, just uh, I want to see if you have any uh, final closing thoughts or anything else you'd like to add about your time uh, in Syracuse. No, I just want to thank the fans. You know, I still have some of the fans that still talk to me on Facebook, Instagram, and all social media. And, you know, uh, thankful for my time there and uh, always treating me like I was one of them. And uh, I always will be. And, you know, my son's born there. He's basically from Syracuse. He's a Syracuse. uh, He's cheering for the Orange and he's cheering for the Crunch. And uh, I look forward to bringing him back and seeing where he was born and uh, where his first year of living was. And, uh, I loved my time there. It was one of my favorite places to play, and uh, I love Syracuse and uh, always have a deep, soft spot for me in my heart, and uh, can't wait to come back. Oh, that's great to hear, and we can't wait to have you back here as soon as we can once uh, once some of these restrictions, like you said earlier, are are finally lifted. Mike Angelides, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, captain for four years with the Crunch. Mike, we uh, really appreciate the time here today. Thanks for doing this, uh, and uh, we hope to see you here in Syracuse real soon. Thanks, eh? Great. Take care. Good luck the rest of the year. There he is, Mike Angelides, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, and what a special guest it was here this week. Mike Angelides, one of the great Crunch players I think we've ever seen, and really the guy who laid the foundation, or at least one of the key guys who helped lay the foundation at the start of this Lightning affiliation, and just such a crucial member of this uh, this team and in this city for four seasons from 2012 through 2016. So we appreciate Mike Angelides' giving us the time here this week on Crunch Chronicles. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with him, getting a little bit of a glimpse into his his style as a leader in terms of his both on ice and off the ice, his approach to being a leader, whether it's in hockey or away from hockey, and, and obviously clearly one of the most influential leaders the Crunch have ever had as a captain in their franchise's history. A good guy to maybe take some uh, wise words of wisdom from, from Mike Angelo. So we thank him for joining us here today. You know, it was very special when he was back in the organization as a scout after he retired from pro hockey. It was great seeing him around from time to time when he was here in Syracuse doing scouting for the Lightning. We miss him coming to Syracuse these days and or when we're on the road or whatever it might be, but it was fun catching up when he was a scout with the Lightning. So we're glad to hear that he's uh, enjoying his time away from the game now, coaching a little bit as well. That is just one great human being, though, in Mike Angelita. So we appreciate him giving us the time this week on Crunch Chronicles. If you have any special Mike Angelita stories from his four years here, and I'm sure you do, he impacted almost everyone here in Syracuse during his time, we'd love to hear them. You can tweet me at Lucas Favali, or you can email me lfavali at syracusecrunch.com and we'll get to those stories on an upcoming episode of Crunch Chronicles. That'll do it for us this week, though, on the show. Thank Thanks again to Mike Angelides for giving us the time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, give us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to the podcast here today. Share it with your friends. Make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. And you'll get next week's episode delivered right here, wherever you're listening to this one here today. We'll be back next week with another great episode of Crunch Chronicles.